not hot yet. Good to be. Can y'all hear me? Yes. You can. Up here, I can't hear me out there. It's good to see everybody this morning, really. This is the greatest place to be at the beginning of the week, during the week. Oh, y'all could hear me. They can't hear me. Good morning. It is good to see you this morning. I'm glad to be here, I really am. I'm repeating myself, but I need to say it again. <laughs> I read a little thing that this week somewhere, I forgot, I forgot even where I read it. There was this young boy. He, uh, he asked his mom, he said, Mom, are we really made from dust? And she said, yeah, we really are. She said, the Bible says that we are made from dust, and we're going to return to dust. He said, well, you better come look under my bed because I don't know if this one's coming or going. (laughs) I just love the Lord. I love to be here. I love to be among Christian family because whether you believe it or not, the Christian family is even closer and stronger relationship than your blood family. And I know that firsthand because sadly I don't have any Christians in my family, but it's a funny thing. When Jay Will got up here to read scripture, I looked at the scripture and I said, that's the same scripture I'm having in my sermon. <laughs> Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, it says, Hear, O Israel, Jehovah our God is one God. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And thou shalt teach them diligent, the things that, let me, let me start again. With all thy soul, with all thy, all thy might. And these words that I command you this day, you shall teach them diligently unto your children. Thou shalt talk of them when you sit in your home, when you walk in the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign on thy hand. And they shall be for frontlets between your eyes. And you shall write them on the doorposts of your home and on your gates. I would like for you to consider with me this morning family worship. This is a foundation that must be laid if there is going to be a Christian home and a Christian church. In other words, there will not be truly a church that belongs to Christ until there is a family that belongs to Christ. God in His Word must be in the home. It is vital. How many families that claim to be Christian do not have God in the home? Many homes that claim to be Christian are no different than a worldly home. There is no prayer in the home, no Bible study in the home, no teaching of the Scriptures. 
in the home, no prayer life. So many homes that claim to be Christians are really not doing what God has commanded us do, to do in teaching our children. They are the future of the church. And many wonder why the church is in the shape that it is in. It is because of the home, the shape that it is in. This message is for all of us who have children, doubly for grandparents who have children and grandchildren, and for the young married couples who one day, Lord willing, you will have children. It's the purpose of this sermon this morning to bring God back into the home, to lay a foundation for your family, to bring in prayer, to bring in Bible study, meditation, to instruct your children in the ways of God, in His Word. I'd like to notice just a couple verses at this point. In Psalms 127, verse 1, it says, Except Jehovah build the house, they labor in vain that build. Unless our home is founded upon God and His Word, we are laboring in vain. What do I mean by that? If we are constantly going after the things of the world, always worried about gathering things and accumulating worldly things to ourselves and worldly friends, all of those things are going to perish. The only thing that is going to hold true in time and to take you to heaven is the Word of God. That is the only thing. Many families have no worship in the home, and I'd like for us to notice this scripture in Jeremiah 10, verse 25. It says, Pour out thy wrath upon the nations that do not know thee, and upon the families do not call upon thy name. For they have devoured Jacob, yea, they have devoured him, and consumed him, and have laid waste his habitation. The scripture says, Pour out thy wrath upon the nations that do not know thee and upon families that do not call upon thy name. Listen, families must call upon the name of the Lord. And my scripture this morning says, And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Deuteronomy 6, 7. There are many thou shouts that we remember, right? Like in Exodus 20, we remember thou shalt not, thou shalt have no other gods before me. We remember thou shalt not make unto thee a graven image. We remember thou shalt not take the Lord thy God's name in vain. We remember thou shalt not kill. We remember thou shalt not commit adultery. We remember thou shalt not... uh, bear false witness against thy neighbor. I think we need to add one other one to that list. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. 
May it be noticed here that it is not them. It is thou who are to teach our children. It is not the Christian school that we send our kids to who is responsible to teach our children. It is thou. It is not the Sunday school teacher's responsibility to teach our children the ways of God. It is thou. It is not the preacher. It is not the youth group leader's responsibility to teach our children the ways of God. It is thou. It is me. The Lord does not tell you to do something that you cannot do. Some people think that they are not capable to teach their children the truths of God's Scripture. God would not command you to do something that you are unable to do. The Word of God may be understood if it is studied. And if we put ourselves forth and try a little bit harder, you'll find out that you are very much capable to teach your children the ways of God. You see, you and I, as family leaders, are responsible and accountable. And you are very much capable to teach your children instruction in the ways of God. What are we doing to our children? There's a warning in Scripture to us to be careful not to cause children to stumble. In Matthew 18, verses 1 through 6, it says this. In that hour came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called unto himself a little child, and he set him in the midst of them. And he said, Verily I say unto you, lest you turn and become as this little child, you shall in no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whosoever shall receive one of these little ones in my name receiveth me. But whosoever shall cause one of these little ones to stumble, it is better that he have a heavy millstone hung about his neck and be cast into the depths of the sea. Are you helping your children to know God? Are you helping your children and your grandchildren to know the will of God, to know what God's Word is? Are you setting an example for them of what a Christian home should be? Or are you causing your children to stumble? You talk of God at church? Do you talk of God at home? 
you pray at church, but do you pray to our Almighty God and Father in heaven with your family at home? You worship at church. Do you worship with your family at home? We need to understand that God is to be in the home and that we as parents and grandparents should be teaching our children at home in the scriptures. And this command is repeated in the New Testament in Ephesians 6, 4, it says, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to anger, but nurture them in the chastening and admonition of the Lord. Many children in supposedly Christian homes, they're left to themselves with no instruction from the Scripture. And then we wonder why our children have so many problems. Proverbs 10.1 says, the proverb of Solomon, A wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness to his mother. Listen, true wisdom will only come from God. And looking at things from God's point of view. If you want to be a glad father, if you want to be a happy mother, bring God and his word into your home. Blessings will flow. Innumerable. God will bless you, and as we'll see a little bit further in the sermon, God will bless you. You, you. you can't help but do right in reading the Word of God. This Word is sharper and than any two-edged sword. It is powerful. Just the reading of it, it's not going to go away void. It is going to bless your family. The Scripture says to teach them diligently. Say that with me. Teach them diligently to your children. It is vital. It is very important. This word, teach, means to sharpen. And uh, impressed by frequent repetitions and admonitions. I think that we need to understand what it means to teach. The picture that is given by this word teach is of sharpening a sword. The Bible says also that iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. You see, you and I are to sharpen one another as we are on this journey to heaven, to eternity. That's important. That's the most important thing in this life is to prepare for heaven. So we help one another. And if we are to do that, shouldn't we be sharpening our children to prepare them for the great battles that they are going to come up against when Satan rears his ugly head in their lives? And this is the picture of the way we are to teach. Not just one hour a week, not just on Sunday morning, not just once in a while. 
You're going to know Deuteronomy 6-7 by the time I get through. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shalt speak of them when you sit in your house, when you walk in the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. This is how you are to do it. Every, every, every day. When you sit in your house, when you walk in the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. That is what it means to teach your children. That is what it means to have the God in your home. I want to give you a few examples of godly families in Scripture who worshipped. Abraham had family worship. In Genesis 18, 16 through 19, it says, And the men rose up from thence and looked toward Sodom. And Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. And Jehovah said, Shall I hide from Abraham that which I do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him? For I have known him to the end that he, that he may, let me say that again, to the end that he may command his children and his household after him, that they may keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice, to the end that Jehovah may bring upon Abraham that which he had spoken of him. You know why God used Abraham? Because he knew that Abraham was going to teach his children about our almighty God. That's why he used him. And we read in the scripture that Abraham built an altar between Bethel and Ai. Listen to me. In Genesis 12, 7 and 8. And Jehovah appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto Jehovah and appeared unto him. And he removed from thence unto the mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent having Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built it an altar unto, the, unto Jehovah and called upon the name of the Lord. Bethel means what? House of God. Ai means destruction. Abraham built an altar between the house of God and destruction. He did not wait till he was in the house of God to worship God. But there was an altar between the house of God and destruction. Listen to me. There needs to be worship during the week. I'm not just talking about on Wednesday. There needs to be worship during the week between the house of God and destruction or the world. We have to be in the world every day. But we are not to be of the world. Joshua had family worship as well. In Joshua 24, verse 15, it says, And if it seems evil unto you to serve Jehovah, 
Choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your father that they serve on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now dwell. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua led his family in the ways of God. May all the men today, especially who still have family at home, may we choose this day as Joshua. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Why do many Christians not have family devotions and worship in their homes? Why is there no instruction to their children of the Holy Scriptures? I'll give you one reason. When you're down in Egypt, there will be no altars erected. In Genesis chapter 12, starting in verse 10, if you're following along, through chapter 13, verse 4, listen to what it says. And there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was sore in the land. And it came to pass when he, came, when he was come near to enter into Egypt, that he said unto Sarah his wife, Behold, now, I know that thou art a fair woman to look upon. And it will come to pass when the Egyptians shall see thee, that they will say, this is his wife, and they will kill me. But they will save you alive. Say, I pray thee, thou art my sister, that it may be well with me for thy sake, and, my, and, thy, and that my soul may live because of thee. And it came to pass that when Abram was come into Egypt, the Egyptians beheld the woman, that she was very fair. And the princes of, the, of Pharaoh saw her and praised her to Pharaoh. And the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house, and he dwelt well with Abram for her sake. And he had sheep and oxen and donkeys and men servants and male servants and she donkeys and camels. And Jehovah plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarah, Abram's wife. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, Why is it that you have done this unto me? Why did you tell me that she is thy why didn't you tell me that she was your wife and you had told me that she is your sister? So I took her to be my wife. Now therefore, behold thy wife, take her and go thy way. And Pharaoh gave them charge concerning him, and they brought him on his way and his wife. And all the things that he had. He wanted to make sure he got out of there. And Abram went up out of Egypt. He and his wife and all that he had and lot with him into the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle and silver and in gold. And he went on his journeys from the south even to Bethel. Unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai. 
unto the place of the altar which he had made there at the first. And there Abram called on the name of Jehovah. It needs to be noticed here that before Abram went down to Egypt, he built an altar to worship God. Before. Uh, and this may be noticed in chapter 12, verse 8, that we just read a little while ago. It says, And he removed from thence unto to the south of the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar unto, the, unto Jehovah and called upon the name of the Lord. We see there was an altar erected when he went before he went into Egypt. And when he came out of Egypt, there was an altar. But listen, when Abram went down into Egypt, we do not see anywhere, do not read anywhere in here of any altars built by Abram to worship God. There was no prayer. There was no worship of the Lord. There was no instruction in Scripture. Nothing. No altar erected had been done. Abram got a lot of sheep. He had a lot of oxen and male servants, female servants, silver, gold, worldly goods. He had many. But no worship to God. Egypt represents the world. And it is when the Christian is down in the world, down in Egypt, the Christian will get worldly goods and material wealth. But there will be no altars built. No worship done. And I fear that this is the case with many Christian homes. There is, there is no altar. There is no, no worship. No prayer. No instruction in the Scripture when we're down in the world. The love of the world and the love of the Father cannot abide in the same home. In 1 John 2.25 it says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Why don't Christians have family worship? When Christ has given his very best for us to belong to him. You hate to say it, but sometimes I wonder if living for the Lord must not be too important. To some. If it were the case, then they would be teaching their children. 2 Corinthians 5.11 says, Knowing therefore the fear of the Lord, we persuade men. If we fear the Lord, and we know what is coming in eternity, we are going to persuade men to follow Christ. And certainly our families. 
We should persuade our families. 1 Timothy 5.8 says, But if any provideth not for his own, and especially his own household, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel or an unbeliever. This proverb here has reference to physically taking care of. as a way of support, uh, physical support, taking care of your family. But is it not true also spiritually? I think it's more important to, to take care of the physical things of our family because, again, we're heading to an eternity. All the worldly things are going to pass away. It is vital. It is important. Let's bring God back in the home and lay the foundation for our family. I'm going to read to you 1 Chronicles 13, 9 through 14, and then I'm going to close out. It says, And when they came unto the threshing floor of Chidon, Uzzah put forth his hand to hold the ark. You remember about that? For the oxen stumbled. And the anger of Jehovah was kindled against Uzzah, and he smote him because he put forth his hand to the ark. And there he died before God. And David was displeased because Jehovah had broken forth upon Uzzah. And he called that place Perez Uzzah until this day. And David was afraid of God that day, saying, How shall I bring the ark of God home to me? So David removed not the ark unto him into the city of David, but carried it aside into the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. And the ark of God remained with the family of Obed-Edom in his house three months, and Jehovah blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that he had. The presence of God was in the Ark of the Covenant. The lesson here is when we have the presence of God in our home, you're going to be blessed beyond measure. And I know, you know, I've said this before, there is nothing wrong with having things. There is nothing wrong with having the blessings of God, material blessings. But our priorities must be in order. The spiritual must come first. And you will be blessed when you have the Lord our God in the home. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Spiritual blessings. Let us bring the presence of God back in the home. Bible study prayer, the teaching of God's Word, instruction in the Word of God. Let's truly teach our children daily when we rise up, when we walk in the way, speak of it in your home, when we lie down. There is no family worship. If there's no family worship in your home, I think these questions are, are appropriate to ask. 
If not, if there's no worship in your home, are you down in Egypt? Are you in the world? Do you not believe in the coming judgment? We must ask ourselves these questions. Let us be concerned about the spiritual well-being of our families. It is so important. Does the Lord and His Word really mean anything to you? Ask yourself these questions. If it does, and you want to spend eternity with God, obey this command. Teach your children diligently. And you shall live eternally with God. Let's make the decision that Joshua did. Again, after, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. God bless you.